Welcome to the Spanish Arpada. I'm Sarah. And I am Peter. And we are ranking and reviewing all of the rulers of Spain from Leo Vigild to Felipe VI. But today, we're not going to rank or review anybody because this <laughs> is the beginning of season two. Yeah, yay. Yay. <laughs> it's it's going to be super exciting because we have we have left the Visigoths behind. The Visigoths are all gone. Mm. And now we have a new ruling system over the iberian peninsula that we're going to be talking about i I have made my last hot topic joke okay Um, yes so there we go yeah speaking of we have a website now i released it on world goth day i Mm -hmm. thought that was very clever very (laughs) (laughs) but you can go and you can look at all of our former rankings of all 17 visigothic kings and it will continue to be updated with the new rulers that we have coming up. So let's talk about these new rulers. These are the Muslims. So I'm going to yes. ask you, Peter, what do you hmm. know about Islamic history? Uh, I know very little uh, about Islamic history. I know that Muhammad dies in 630 or 632, okay. one, of, one of the other. I know, obviously, about the immediate controversy in the wake of his passing. And yeah, I mean, that, that's about it until the 1980s when American culture portrayed every single Muslim as a truck bomber. Yeah, it's, there's, it's, there's a lot in between those two. Yeah. You might yeah. not be surprised to know. I mean, I was just going to say, we're, we're at the point where they're a quarter of the world's population. So I'm probably missing a couple of steps. Okay. Um, well, this is not going to be anything like a comprehensive review of Islamic history. We just right. simply don't have the space in this podcast to do it. And I am mm-hmm. by no means an expert, but I'd like to get through the basics because I feel like a lot of people don't necessarily know this uh, right. about Islamic history. What, where, what is the caliphate? Where did all mm-hmm. this come from, et cetera. Right. So we're right. going to do a really brief overview. All right. All right. So Muhammad Mm -hmm. is the founder Mm -hmm. of Islam, of the religion of Islam. He was born in about 570. So about Mm -hmm. the same time we started our podcast. Right. Right. He was born in the Arabian Peninsula. He was an Mm -hmm. Arab. And in about the year 613, he started preaching messages that that Mm. he received from from God. This is why Muhammad is called the the prophet, usually, because he was a prophet of God. Mm. And the messages were kind of revolved around two large truths about Mm. Islam. One is that it's a monotheistic religion. There's only one God. There is no God but God. Mm. Yes. And Muhammad is his prophet. And Muhammad is his prophet. Right. Right. And so this God is the same God that Christians and Jews worship as well. Right. Mm -hmm. It's an Abrahamic religion. Yes. Yes. So it's within that that worldview. Mm -hmm. And the second big message Mm -hmm. uh, that Muhammad was preaching was that everyone is equal before God. Ah, right? okay. It doesn't matter what ethnicity you are. It doesn't matter which clan or tribe you belong to. As long as you serve God, mm-hmm. then you are equal to any other Muslim. That's sort of the message of Pauline Christianity as well. Yes, um, I was going to say it's very similar to other right. Abrahamic right ideas if i could ask this is this is something that i I probably need to know what is the predominant religion of his culture prior to the the start of his ministry for lack of a better way of putting it right so it's polytheistic okay 
And okay. it's not only polytheistic, but the area of Mecca and Medina where Muhammad was born right. is actually a crossroads for a lot of trade, right? A lot of traders would come through this mm-hmm. area going okay. from one place to the other with their goods. And each of these traders came from different places and had their own religious beliefs and their own polytheistic gods. Right. So as they came through the Arabian Peninsula, as they came through Mecca, they would bring the worship of their gods with them and the okay. people of Mecca would take it on, right? Okay, gotcha. Hospitable, gotcha. you know, to have. So there would be temples there for all sorts of different people from across the area. Mm-hmm. So it was mm-hmm. very highly polytheistic. Right. So sort and, of the Roman thing where every time they invaded uh, the nation, they basically said, well, we worship the same God that you do. You do? Well, starting now we do. So Exactly. The yeah. same kind of thing where Rome didn't really care what right. local gods you, mm-hmm. as long as you paid your taxes and you made exactly. some noises about the emperor being divine. Sure. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. So that was the situation. And that was... Well, actually, both of the messages that Muhammad preached were very controversial at the time. I would imagine. (laughs) Number one, the idea that there's only one God when the tradition has been to worship everybody. Right. Right. And number two. The Romans very famously found the Jews deeply amusing. Israel was considered just the most adorable place because they had only one God. And, you know, there's, there's a line in I, Claudius, where Augustus says, how do you manage it? It's so insufficient. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they definitely found Judea a very strange province to rule because right. of that. And their yes. insistence on not worshiping any others. Right, right. So that was controversial. Mm-hmm. And also the message of equality was right. also very controversial. We're talking mm-hmm. about a very, not just a stratified society, but a society where where you were born, who you're related to, what mm-hmm. color your skin is. All mm-hmm. of this is very important in society. Mm-hmm. And Muhammad's message was anybody can be a Muslim, right? right. Anybody right. at all. Uh, there's a lot of stories about Bilal, who is one of the mm-hmm. early Muslims who is black. Mm-hmm. And he's mm-hmm. treated very similarly to, uh, for example, Abu Bakr. You know, the right. stories are very similar. And mm-hmm. uh, there's no... I don't want to say there's no discrimination or no stereotyping or anything mm-hmm, like that, mm-hmm. but the ideal is definitely that everybody everybody is worthy, everyone's the same. It doesn't matter right. your earthly connections. Right. Uh, right. Very, this will come uh, up again. I, I'm yes, leaning on this right. pretty heavily because this is going to come up again in our podcast. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Okay. Okay. So as you said, Muhammad died in the 630s. Mm-hmm. And at this point, he and his followers were uh, controlled quite a lot of territory in the Arabian Peninsula. After he died, and uh, this might be a good good time to introduce the idea of a caliph. Caliph just means the leader of the Muslims, the leader of Islam. It's not like the Pope, where the idea is that the Pope has a divine connection to God Mm -hmm. and is a prophet in the same way, or like the Mormon church, where the head of the Mormon church is said to have the same sort of connection to God that Joseph Smith did, right? Right, right. Follow-up question. Does the caliph, or, you know, starting with Muhammad, is there a political authority or a governmental authority that goes with the religious authority? And and this was the same with Muhammad, yes. Okay, okay. So the caliph will always have both political and religious authority over the followers of Islam. Okay. Uh, but only Muhammad is considered a prophet. Right, right. right. The, so the caliphs I mean, are not 
prophets. Right. If we're talking about, again, analogy, if we're talking about early Israel, uh, Moses, uh, who, who has absolute prophetic uh, authority, but also absolute political authority as well. Correct. The political, But the political authority is, resides entirely in his status as the prophet. Right. And then mm-hmm. Joshua coming after him right. also exercised political authority, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. there's no stories about him receiving messages from God no, or talking no. to angels or anything like that. Mm-hmm. He's favored by God. Right. But yeah. All right. So the first four caliphs after Muhammad are kind of considered the early Islamic period. This is kind of a um, kind of a political organization time. So after these five caliphs, including Muhammad, then we kind of come to the expansion period, because at this point, Islam is unified politically, religiously Mm -hmm. and they want to be a great empire. They want to emulate the Greeks or the Persians or the Byzantines or the Romans. I was going to say Romans, always the Romans. Yes, yes, yes. We're we're definitely in the period where Rome's authority went from being strictly political to being a unified religion. Mm -hmm. Um, Church authority, yeah. Constantine, you know, turns the whole Roman Empire Christian Mm -hmm. uh, in, in one fell swoop and then you know, that's how you get that particular kind of cultural unification. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. So, so we have this initial expansion and it was quick, surprisingly Mm. quick. I don't think any of the other empires that I just mentioned were keeping an eye on the Arabian Peninsula because when the caliphate starts expanding, Nobody is prepared for it. They also right. had some really great generals. Like Khalid was an amazing general. He took down mm-hmm. the entire Persian Empire, like the entire wow. Sassanid Persian Empire. Wow. Okay. All right. Appeared overnight. Um, do we know, and maybe you're you're going to get to this, what is the appeal of 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 Islam? I mean, obviously, you know, if if you are yourself Muslim, you know, the appeal of Islam is that it is the truth. But if we're talking about a religion that sweeps through this 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 large area in which there are many different peoples and many different cultures, getting those peoples and those cultures on board, particularly getting them on board so quickly, can't just be a matter of force. There has to be something about Islam that speaks to them, that addresses a need. Uh, what What's the appeal, I guess? Do we, do we know? Yes. Well, I'll tell you, first of all, okay. if you're a Christian or a Jew, the mm-hmm. appeal is that you're not going to be forced to convert to Islam and you have a special status in mm, Islamic society. Okay, okay. You are known as the people of the book. Oh, yes. Okay. Yes. Right. So because I've, you are I've, also right. a follower of an Abrahamic religion, Islamic religion sees you as allies, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. So you have to pay a special tax on right. Islamic society. But other than that, you can maintain your religion. You can continue worshiping. You kind of right. have to be quiet about it, right? You can't right. go out in the streets and, you know, scream about how your religion is better than Islam. Right, right. right. Well, I mean, dear Lord, if, if you're Jewish, this has got to be, and, and, and you were, grow- I was just going to, I was thinking about, we were starting today and I was sort of taking the larger view, especially, you know, since we've been uh, looking at the, the the nature of the Visigothic rulers and, and the recurring theme of anti-Semitic laws mm-hmm. uh, being used. And I thought that the, the period of the, the Moorish invasion, you know, to step outside the uh, Abrahamic tradition, it's such karma. 
where these Christians were stomped on uh, by a, shall we say, an Abrahamic religion that viewed them uh, as retrograde. And there's there's something very delightful about, you know, uh, bottom rail on top now. Uh, well, so. well, and throughout the conquest, Jerusalem, mm-hmm. Alexandria, right. these cities were taken with the help of the Jewish population. Right, right. Oh, you mean I get to be an equal member of society and all I have to do is pay a tax? Right. And I can still worship the way I want? Right. Great. I get get left alone? Awesome. Yes. (laughs) Now, if you weren't Christian or Jewish, the calculus was a little harder. Sure. But there was generally the conquerors did not force conversions to Islam right? Mm-hmm. You did not have to be Muslim right? Um, in the way that, for example, Christian conquest in the past wanted to Christianize places that right. they have conquered, right. Right? right? Now, it's a little bit harder for you if you are a non-Abrahamic, non-Muslim. You know, there are more restrictions on you, right? but you're not going to be pulled in front of the Inquisition or, mm. you know, uh, right. none of that. Okay. So, Especially if you're not in the higher rungs of society already, Mm -hmm. what's the difference? Right. Right. You don't have any power now. You're not going to have any power after the conquest. And, you know, maybe these guys will be better. Maybe they won't be so terrible to you. And, and again, and if they're preaching a religion that is universal, that is universal equality before God, that's got to have a certain amount of trickle-down benefits if you're the lowest. And there were a lot of people who did convert, not forced, but because they either thought, saw that and thought, hey, that's great. You know, I really right. like this message. Mm-hmm. Or they thought, well, I don't care one way or the other, but if I'm a Muslim, then mm-hmm. I should weigh up in society. Sure, sure. Yeah. So that's, that's probably why. Okay. So uh, at the point that we are talking about in Islamic history, the, the caliphate is ruled by one family. Mm-hmm. This is the, known as the Umayyad Caliphate, U-M-A-Y-Y-A-D, Umayyad. Right, okay. In Spanish, okay. they call them the Omeyas, O-M-E-Y-A. Okay. And that yeah, is- Yeah, I was going to say, we, we probably want to avoid the, let's play the game of Peter misspelling words uh, and name, <laughs> uh, given the subject matter. <laughs> right. Uh, I mean, Yeah. Uh, And so this caliphate was responsible for uh, taking the caliphate to its largest extent, expanding across northern Africa Mm -hmm. and into Spain. And this is where we come to our part of the story. So that's kind of a snapshot view of Mm -hmm. how Islam started with Muhammad in 613 in the Arabian Peninsula and now Mm -hmm. has taken over the entirety of the East. Right, right. And as you say, it's 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 sort of led by one family, um, right? Yes. So they're they're. I mean, so it, it. I mean, it is an empire. It is uh, an empire. Yes. Regardless of what it calls itself, it is an empire. Yes. And I mean, it's it's a curious thing to consider because empire. You know, imperial expansion is by definition imperialism, and we're you know sort of i think in this in this enlightened aged program to think of imperialism as automatically a bad thing yeah at the time so, it was just kind of a thing right right of course um certainly uh, i i don't think that it's it's anything that the the people at the time thought in terms of it's just what people do yeah no so, everybody wanted to be alexander the great right of course yeah of course 
So I'd like to talk a little bit about names in Arabic mm. now, because okay. we're, as sure. you mentioned, we're going right. to come across a lot of names that are right. unfamiliar to us and will be unfamiliar mm -hmm. to many other Western listeners. Mm. Right. So I'm going to start this section with a disclaimer. I do not speak Arabic. Mm. Spanish. I was um, going to say it's it's you, you 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 cover more territory than most, so you know having yeah. an occasional gap is nothing to be ashamed of. Right. Uh, I'm going to do my best with pronunciations, but I am 100 open to corrections, and I okay. apologize in advance if I butcher any names. Right. Right. So, having said that, Arabic names, especially mm -hmm. historical Arabic names, can seem mm -hmm. intimidating to those who are not familiar with naming customs of, right. of the culture. So I want to talk a little bit about what goes into the names that we are going to encounter in this and other upcoming seasons of the podcast. Okay. Now, this breakdown is going to apply to the historical names of Muslim Spain, above all. Modern-day mm -hmm. Arabic names are often put together differently, mm -hmm. and it depends mm -hmm. on the country of origin of the person. Sure. Right. So this is strictly a historical view on Arabic names. Mm -hmm. So we're going to use our first Muslim governor's name as an example in this section. Mm -hmm. His name is Musa ibn Nusair al-Lakmi. Okay. Okay. So the first name we have in his name is the given name, basically what his parents named him, and that is Musa. Right. This is similar to how your given name is Peter and my given right. name is Sarah. Right. right. That's that's sure. what their parents decided to call them. Yeah. Often Arabic names are just regular nouns or adjectives, and therefore they have meaning, right? Mm. So Musa means of the water, and it's related to the name Moses. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah, that makes right? sense. So yeah, Peter and Sarah originally did have names, but we right. don't use them. I was going to say, nobody refers to me as stone. Right. Uh, and yeah. So yeah. Nobody refers to me as princess. There exactly. you go. <laughs> so, but that, that's not true of Arabic names of this time. Mm. They are things or descriptions and they're very aspirational, right? You oh, want to okay. name something good. You, mm -hmm. you don't, you're probably not going to want to call your kid something right. that's, you know, sure. doesn't have a, a good meaning. Exactly. Mediocrity, get in here and do your chores. Exactly. <laughs> now, because Arabic names are regular words with meaning, they can also have prefixes. Okay. So, for example, Abd or Abdul is a common mm -hmm. prefix meaning servant of, right? Okay. So, somebody who's named Abd Allah means servant of God. Gotcha. Now, second or middle given names were not common at this time. Okay. Right? So, you just get the one with prefixes. Right. Sure. Uh, they are in modern times. In modern times, people will have second or middle names, but, mm -hmm. but not at this time. You just, okay. you just get the one first name. All right. The second part of an Arabic name is the patronymic. Mm -hmm. This is something that you see in other cultures as well. So think of Russian names that have a oh, given right. name. Ivan then, Ivanovich is yes. Ivan, son of. Ivan. Right. Yes. They'll have a okay. second name ending in Ovich or Ovna, which means son or daughter of. So okay. if your father was Constantine, your patronymic would be Konstantinovich or Konstantinovna. Right? right. It's based on the father's given name. Right. So Arabic names at the time function the same. The second part mm -hmm. of an Arabic name will begin with Ibn, meaning mm -hmm. son of. Mm -hmm. And then the father's given name is listed. Mm. So in okay. the case of Musa, the second part of his name is Ibn Nusair, meaning son of Nusair. Okay. If okay. you had a really important grandfather, you might have two Ibns to include oh. both your father and grandfather, but this is okay. common. And follow up, do women have any kind of patronymic? Yes. If you're um, a woman, you will use mm -hmm. the word bint instead of Ibn. Bint. Okay. Gotcha. And it will gotcha. also have your father's name. Right. All right. Gotcha. The last part of an Arabic name is what English speakers are used to as a family name. But at the time, the final name is not always family related. 
think of other middle ages names because we are in the middle ages sure, right, sure. right now right. think of other final names in the middle ages they mm. don't necessarily have to do with your family right right so in Musa's case, the final part of his name is Alakmi, which refers to the Lakhmid kingdom of southern Iraq and indicates mm -hmm. that he was probably a part of that clan. Okay. Gotcha. So in this case, Musa's last name does indicate a family or tribal affiliation, but it won't always, mm -hmm. right? It can mm -hmm. indicate where a person is from, as in the surname mm -hmm. al-Baghdadi. Right. 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 Or it can also be like a nickname. So al-Rashid means the rightly guided. Sure. Sure. Right? Eventually, these kinds of names become something that would be inherited from father to children. So in mm -hmm. modern times, they do function like family names, but this won't be the case with the names we see. In French and, and as a consequence, uh, uh, English, uh, there's, a, there's a de as in, you know, you know, de Bourgogne or something like that, where right. you're somebody from or in, in the Germanic tradition, it's von. Yeah. Um, so, all right. Gotcha. And so now we have these as as surnames, as family mm -hmm. names. But at the time, it was just to distinguish one John from another John. Right, a lot of Johns. Yes. Um, yeah. I was gonna say, if you if you study English history and English nobility, boy, do you need those surnames. Because mm -hmm. everybody's named Edward. Everybody's named Edward. <laughs> yeah, so that is Musa ibn okay. Nusayr al-Lakmi. That's how we All break right. down his name. And Akmi is spelled? Lakmi, L-A-K-H-M-I. I. Oh, okay. All right. Lakshmi. All right. Gotcha. So it's almost Padma Lakshmi. Almost. Almost. Um, okay. All right. All right. Since we're speaking of names, let's talk about some names for people in Muslim mm. Spain, because there's a okay. lot of terms that get thrown around, and I kind of okay. want to clear it up before we get started. Sure. So let's start with some of the names that people call this new people we're discussing who are now mm -hmm. in charge in Spain. Right. Often they're called Muslims, and that's pretty right. straightforward. It refers to their religion. Right. And sometimes it's called the caliphate, and that's straightforward, okay. too. It re refers to the empire itself, which is headed by the caliph. Mm -hmm. I should mention at this point, the caliphate is based in Damascus, so okay. pretty far away from Spain. I was going to say, this is kind of like when they're being run by the Byzantines. It mm -hmm. takes a long time to get orders from the home office. Yes. Um, and we'll okay. see that, too. We're going to see yeah. a lot of issues at that. Sure. Okay. So the new people arriving to Spain are also called, are often called Arabs. And this okay. refers to their ethnicity as the conquerors originally came from the Arabian Peninsula. Right. And presumably also their language, I would imagine. Yes, they do speak okay. Arabic. Okay. Mm -hmm. So now sort the, of a Hispanic equivalent or something. Yes. Those lines. Now right. the designation Arab can also be broken down into even smaller groupings. Mm. During the periods of the governors, we will be hearing about Yemenis and Syrians, for example. Oh, sure. Okay. Yes. Gotcha. Referring to people who come from specific places in the Arabian Peninsula. Mm -hmm. However, you're also going to hear the term Moors a lot. Right. Yeah. So Moor is a name that Christians will use to refer to the conquerors. And it comes from the Roman name of the province of Mauritania. Oh, okay. Gotcha. So basically it means North Africans. Sure. Sure. Now you'll, a lot of people at the time, a lot of Christians at the time will just use Moors to refer to everybody, regardless right. of whether they originally came from North Africa or not. Right. But right. technically, some of the conquerors are Arabs and some of them are North Africans. And the terms of ethnicity for them is Berbers. Oh, OK. 
Right. Yes, if you've if you've read a lot of medieval literature, which of course I have, there's there's not a lot of fine distinction. Mm. Uh, everybody's a more between categories everybody's well i mean and and it's probably a slur so if it is note note that i'm prefacing it by calling it a slur uh musulman is Mm -hmm. is the is the word that gets thrown around a lot and it basically refers to basically anybody who's not european um anyone with darker skin right just just everybody out there um so everybody slightly browner than you exactly is a more by the way, if your English nobility means 99.9% of the population. It means someone with a tan. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Now, there are also many ways to refer to people who were living in the Iberian Peninsula during this time, depending on whether they lived under Christian or Muslim rule, mm-hmm. and, or whether they had or had not converted to the dominant religion of the area. Okay. Okay. So we're going to start with the Christian North. What were people called in the Northern Kingdoms? Mm-hmm. Jewish people were called Jewish if they right. hadn't converted to Christianity, and they mm-hmm. were called conversos, meaning converts, right. if they right. had. Right. So we had like Julian. Uh, yeah, was a converso. Was, was a converso, right? And he himself was not a converso. His parents had converted. Oh, his parents were. That's right. But that's he right. was also known as a converso. I was going to say, but you know, anti-Semitism being what it is, they're going to make sure that that one sticks for a few generations. Yes, and uh, as you have just said, both groups, Jewish and conversos, faced persecution, sure. as we have seen. Right. Christians in a Christian kingdom were just called Christians, although sometimes they were called old Christians. Okay. Indicating that they had been Christian all the way back to visiting. Right, right. Yes. Um, And they were the dominant power. Later on during the reconquest, there will be former Christians who had converted to Islam who are now living in newly reconquered Christian territory. Oh, awkward. Awkward. (laughs) These people are called renegados. Ah, there we go. Yeah, I think the translation, a lot of people say renegades, but it really means like deniers, like they reneged on their their Christianity. Yeah, Yeah, no. They will not be treated well. No. No. Now, Muslims in Christian territory will be called Muslims. Later mm-hmm. on, they will be called Mudejars. Mudejars. Oh, okay. This word means subjugated or tamed. Okay. If they haven't converted to Christianity. If they have converted to Christianity, they are known as new Christians, or later on the term Moriscos will be used. Oh, Moriscos okay. coming from the word more. Right. Yeah. So gotcha. they're not called conversos, even though they're converts. Conversos right. are specifically Jews. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So they're new Christians. Sure. Yeah. Now, in Al-Andalus, which is the Muslim-controlled South, mm-hmm. those who practiced the Jewish faith were called Jewish, and sure. those who practiced the Christian faith were called Christians or Mozarabs. We've oh, seen okay. this term before. Sure. Right? Mozarabs means like Arabs. They are people who have <laughs> taken on Arabic culture but right. are not Muslim. I see. So posers. Yes. Um, <laughs> okay. Now, Jews and Christians were known as dimi or people of the book, as I mentioned, and right, they were protected right. under Islamic law, although mm-hmm. they did have to pay an extra tax right. for not being Muslim. Although talk about afford, I mean, basically talk about a bargain. Yes, um, exactly. Yeah, especially if you're Jewish. This, yes. is, this is absolutely, yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, people from either of these groups who did convert to Islam were known as muwalad or muladi. Okay. Walad is the original term. Muladi is like the Spanishized version. Gotcha. 
This means a person of mixed ancestry or a non-Arab Muslim. Mm, mm, okay. Yeah. Again, for a, re a religion that preaches that everybody is the same, there's a lot of words for people who aren't quite the same, aren't there? Well, yes, yes, there are. I mean, and, and again, you, you think back to the early days of Christianity where, uh, you know, Jewish Christians really always gave the side eye. Uh, to to those who had converted to to Christianity but had not been but were not but were not originally Jewish right Gentiles um, so, yeah exactly mm -hmm. um, so there was there was definitely I, mean, I was going to say this is this is a long standing tradition so I mentioned this term Al Andalus where does that mm -hmm. name come from yes I have a bunch of question marks in my notes because oh you do know. okay we don't All know right. the most common theory is mm -hmm. that. Andalus, well, al, A-L, at the right. beginning with the hyphen, that's just the definite article in okay. Arabic. It just means the. The, right. right. And you'll actually see a lot of words in Spanish mm -hmm. that begin with A-L or A-J that originally came from Arabic. Oh, sure, sure. Okay. And we have them in English, too, like algebra. Al right, right. right. Exactly. So A-L was not originally part of the word. It right. meant the, and so. then the rest of it was the word, but we just smushed them together because we didn't realize. If American high school students have no reason other than algebra to hate Muslims, yeah, um, that alone. Well, it's so. interesting because the al or ah words in Spanish fall into a couple categories. There's mm -hmm. a couple things that use Arabic words because they were unknown concepts before, like algebra, right? Right. right. Or ajedrez, which means chess, hmm. right? Right. There are a couple things that use the Arabic words that that were known, but the Arabs did them so much better. So, mm -hmm. for example, alfombra means carpet. Oh, all right. right. Sure. So, so that word has pushed out any any other word. I was going to say, yeah, just just step aside and, you know, <laughs> exactly. Let, let 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 the experts do the weaving. You, you, you guys are just a joke. <laughs> mm -hmm. And then there are uh, doubles where they've kept the Arabic word and the original Latin word. So mm. Castillo means castle. Right. right. You could say that or you could say Alcazar, which also means. Castle, oh, OK. Right? Gotcha. So, so sometimes they both they both made it into modern mm. Spanish. All righty. Yes. Uh, yeah. So the the best guess for Al-Andalus is that mm. Andalus refers to the Vandals. Oh, okay. Who originally right. were from southern Spain. Right. Okay. Gotcha. Yes. Gotcha. Um, but you'll hear a lot of wild, you know, etymologies for this word. Uh, the one I heard most commonly was Andalus, means mm. anda to walk and loose, light. So it's the land of the walking light. Okay. Yeah, there's 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 really no you're reaching. It's a reach. That one. It yeah, is. No. Mm -mm. And and there's there's other similar ones like that okay. too. But yeah, Al Andalus is what the uh conquerors called their new kingdom in Spain. It's okay. really gotcha. really all I can say about it. All right, fair enough. All right, so now it's time for some maps. Oh, goody. So hmm. here is a map of Al Andalus. 
Oh my! After the conquest, I, I was going to say you were talking about the South and the North. That's a joke. No, that's Spain. They that is Spain, Spain right? They, so I was going to say the okay. Granted, the northern coast of Spain is lovely, and it's nice to have that piece of real estate. But no, 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 no. The the the, the Muslims took the country. It they took the whole country. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say you will notice that this looks very similar to the map of Spain in the Visigothic era. That I was going to say you. it covers yeah. the entire peninsula. Mm-hmm. Now, um, as, as you did note, the top of Spain, where the mountains right. are, and this mm-hmm. is Asturias, Cantabria, and the Basque right. country. I was going to say, they, you know, if I were, if I were a, a, a moor of this person making a map, I would just leave that area, that northern area blank, and write, here there be Basques. Yeah, so um, it, that just, was never fully conquered. Yeah, don't, don't, don't bother. It's the Basques. You, you, you know, forget it, Jake. It's Chinatown. Don't, don't. Just don't. <laughs> you will notice that Al-Andalus also includes Septimania. Yeah. I did notice that part that. of France is still yep. part of the kingdom. Mm, All righty then. And you will also notice off to the right, the Balearic Islands. Oh, they took the the Mallorca, Menorca. Mm -hmm. That is also part of the Iberian Peninsula's empire. It was not in the Visigothic era. These were Byzantine. Well, you know, give full credits to the to the Moors then for taking uh, Mallorca. It's it's an absolutely perfect vacation spot. It's very nice. Yes. Now, Toledo is still on this map where it was before, Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. the map points out Cordoba, and this is eventually going to become the capital of Al-Andalus. All right, we've moved south. Okay. Well, Toledo's just too far from Africa. Yeah, that makes sense. The, you know, the closest big city is Kairouan in Tunisia, right? right. And so, and what I'm also noticing on the map is that if you look at Toledo and you look at Cordoba, they're both on uh, on rivers. Yes. One river is much more easily reachable from the Mediterranean. Yes. Um, so that would make sense if yep. you're a Muslim who who wants easy access to the, the, the coast. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, Seville's okay. not on this map, but it mm. is just a little bit west and it's on that, that kind of river. It's on the okay. same river as Cordoba, but. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. So. So this is what it, this was the state of play at, mm. by about 715, 720. Okay. Yeah. Very uh, quick. Yep. Very quick. That, that did not take long. Given the, you know, shall we say disorganization uh, demonstrated by the Goths, that's not surprising. Not surprising. Um, and we'll get but, into that in Musa's episode. Okay, good. Now this, this looks huge, right? It this does. looks like an amazing amount of land and it is. Right. Which it is. But I'm going to show you a map of, of the caliphate now. Right. This time. Okay. This is the caliphate. Oh, hell. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, so it's color coded so we can see this dark um orangey color brown. Right. What, what would you call that? Red? I yeah, maybe maybe rust. I'm not rust. sure. Um okay. This is the original expansion of uh what Muhammad controlled. Right. right. When gotcha. he was alive. Sure. Right. Here it's it's basically Saudi Arabia, right. Yemen, Oman, Oman that kind of area. Sure, yeah. All right, and then we have the the lighter orange, and that is the mm-hmm. initial expansion under the first five caliphs. I was right? going to say that's 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 when they took Persia. That's when uh, they took per- Persia, so the right. ent- almost the entirety of Iran. Right, Iran, you can Iran. See they also yeah, no. like. I don't want to say decimated because they have the Byzantine Empire. I was going to say, yeah, absolutely. So um, half of modern day Turkey, Syria, mm-hmm. Judea. Right. Um, Egypt, Egypt so that, sure. that was the, the province of Egypt, 
And right. then next to it where Libya is, that right. was the province of Africa. Okay. Yeah, they called it the province of Africa. And why not? Why not? So mm-hmm. that that was that was the initial expansion. Mm-hmm. And then the mm-hmm. yellow is what the Umayyad Caliphate took. So this mm. is its largest expanse. So you can see it going right. uh East into the stands, Pakistan, say, Afghanistan. They, they've, they're they're stepping across the line into India. Yes. Um, so that's interesting. And that's why um, it's thought that the painting of the six kings on the fresco, one of the kings may be Indian. Mm, okay, yeah. that makes sense. All right, yeah. gotcha. And then you can see in the West going across the entirety of North Africa, taking right. Morocco, and then of course across into the Iberian right. Peninsula. Which gotcha. now that you see it in context, it's mm-hmm. like, oh, it's it's not as much it's, land as all of that. No, no, it's not. Um, that's true. Although it, it it is worth pointing. I'm like I'm 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 sort of in my mind comparing the 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 Roman Empire to to this uh, to the Caliphate, and I'm thinking, well. Obviously, there's a tendency for, I mean, there, there must have been a tendency for the caliphate to pat the ex-Romans on the head and say, your empire was so adorable. On the other hand, the Romans could have turned around and said, yeah, but people lived where we uh, conquered. Um, there's a there's lot a of lot, desert here. There's a lot, lot of desert there. Not going to lie. Um, right. I mean, there's there's a reason why, if you know, if I were conquering Northern Africa, I would keep going until I got to Spain. Yes. Um, so, yeah. uh, Okay. But right, it's, so the yeah, capital, right. it's not marked on here, but it's in Damascus. Right. So Syria is kind of right here on the coast and oh, Damascus not, is in here. Yeah, I was going to say, so it's not in it's not in Arabia. That's interesting. It is not. No. Uh, After the Persian conquest, the culture mm-hmm. of yeah. uh, Islamic society changed quite a bit. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So this is sort of again, if making an analogy, you can you can tell the huge seismic shift in Russian culture when they moved from Moscow uh, to St. Petersburg, mm. um, where it where it became a very different culture country. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's what we're looking at here, I would imagine. Yeah. Um, so okay. governors of Spain are typically appointed from Damascus. Mm-hmm. So just just think about that. Think about where Syria is on this right. map. And right. think about where Cordoba is. Right. No, it's insanely. Yeah. I, no. Mm-mm. Right. They're, they're, they're distant. I mean, so typically to Tatooine. It's it's yes. you know, just nobody's nobody's paying attention. OK. All right. So typically what would happen instead is that the governor of Ifriqiya, which is mm-hmm. the province of Africa, Africa which is right. based in Cairo, which is in Tunisia that we can mm-hmm. see right here. Sure. Sure. They would be tasked with appointing the governor. Mm, on behalf of the caliph so that's Mm -hmm. a lot closer sure yeah still distant but but a lot closer little little bit of federalism here where a little bit yes central authority is has to sort of delegate otherwise yeah correct okay yeah um and that's actually a big step because the governor of ifriqiya Mm -hmm. used to be subordinate to the governor in egypt oh okay and so then enough influence and power had been concentrated right. there after the conquest. It's a recent conquest. Right. So then Ifriqiya got to be kind of its own thing and appoint sure. the governor of Spain. Well, yeah, and it sort of makes sense that, you know, the the, the guy who is is third in the conga line has to follow the lead of the guy who is first in the conga line. And the longer the line goes, at a certain point, somebody's got to start uh, you know, taking over further down the list. I've been to a lot of weddings. Um, <laughs> anyway, so yeah, okay, got it. 
All right. So next time we talk, we are going to be talking about the first governor of not only Ifriqiya, mm-hmm. but Spain. This is Musa right. ibn Nusayr al-Lakmi. He is our first governor and the conqueror of the Iberian uh, Peninsula. The first district manager after a change in corporate uh, culture. This is going to be interesting. Yeah, he's he's pretty fascinating. So okay. next week we are going to release Musa's episode and Excellent. then we will continue on with the rest of the governors until okay. we run out of them, which will be in about 50 years. Oh, so okay. All right. We, we got a bit to go. Oh, the other thing I wanted to say about the map. Yes of Uh Spain. The north was very nice and very mountainous and on the coast, and it did Mm -hmm. not have any sort of indications of what kind of country it was up there. Mm. Okay. Because it is not a country. There is no kingdom in the north right now. Oh, okay. Well, no, I mean, obviously we, we've got to lick our wounds for a few generations. There's got to be nothing in the way of, I mean, who's going to trust any kind of central authority amongst the, you know, ruins of the gods. Right. Um, So, so there is no king. There is no central authority. Everyone's just kind of living their lives and figuring out what to do. Right. Exactly. So that part of Spain is going to drop off our radar. They're lucky that anybody listens to anybody ever. Um, So, So yeah, we we will not be talking about that region for several episodes because there's nothing going on there. So uh, thanks for listening. Let us know what you think. We have Facebook Mm -hmm. and Twitter and now a website. Yes, we uh, do. The Facebook and Twitter is Spanish Arpada, and the website mm-hmm. is SpanishArpada.com. Yes. And you can look at all of our previous rankings. We will have, we have polls, we have pictures. You can mm. actually look at the pictures that we talk about during El Resto and, uh, and let us know what you think of mm. each of the kings. Right. And we will see you next week. See you next week. Bye. Bye.